Hello and welcome to another episode of Doom to Bloom podcast. Today I have two special guests on the line and we're going to see who it is. Hello. Hi, my name is Tasia and I'm a senior in high school. Hi, my and- name is May and I'm also a senior in high school. Amazing. Welcome to both of you. And just before we get started, I always like to ask my guests where they are logging in from. So both of us are from Michigan. Amazing. And are you are you guys friends in person or is this more of a virtual gig that you guys have? We're both friends in person as well. That's so cool. Okay, now that I kind of alluded that there's a little something something that you guys are working on, can we talk about that? Sure, so I can start. Um, we're part of an organization called HOSA. It's a health career competition. And the competition runs in different events and their team events, individual events, test events, presentation events. Me and May decided to go with community awareness as our event. And the topic we're focusing on is reducing stigma around stress management. So this is a topic we feel passionate about because as stressed individuals that are part of many different clubs and may as part of sports, we've experienced a lot of stress in our lives. So we wanted to reduce the stigma that's around it and create an open space for everyone to share their concerns around stress. I think that's absolutely incredible that you're doing this. Can you share a bit more on what that looks like in terms of you being a part of this campaign? May. Sorry, can you repeat that? Can you share a bit on what you're doing within the campaign to raise this awareness and reduce the stigma? Mm-hmm. So we've been working, um, as we said, we're both seniors in high school, so we've been working with a lot of administrators and teachers at our school um, to present. We've presented in our health classes to, um, we have a presentation um, about stress, stress management, and reducing the stigma. So we've presented that presentation um, to various clubs at our school, including our HOSA club, uh, our Red Cross club, and our mental health club, and then within the health classes at our school. Um, And we've also presented to our city council. Um, And we've really tried to put ourselves out there through podcasts similar to this. And we started a YouTube channel where we interview um, some of our teachers at school. And we're really just working to um, continue spreading awareness, whatever that may be, um, subliminally. So like we have a few um, brochures that we're trying to get out and continuing those public displays like the podcasts and presentations um, to spread our message. That's incredible. And how long is this campaign for? We started this campaign, I would say, probably early September, and we would continue this for as long as our competition goes. So there's no end date then? No. That's, I, I honestly think what you guys are doing is absolutely incredible, and it's so needed, especially in you know, the state of the world right now. And... I know maybe not as much in Canada where I am, but in the States where you are, there's a lot of stressors for high school students and just those in schools in general. So I think this is huge. How has the feedback been on the presentations and the brochures and the conversations? Talking to city council is huge. Yeah, so I think we can start about talking 
um, about our impact in our school. So in our presentation, we have an interactive segment where we prompt students to answer a question on what is stress or how they define stress. And I think this was a really big turning point for our campaign because this is where we were able to see the extent of how much stress has impacted students at our school. Uh, whether that's like their one word answers that they say tests or school or sports or some deeper stressors that could be like relationships or family problems. So I think seeing the common stressors was a really big uh, insight into how big this problem was. And then with the city council, I think we would be we were able to reach a much more different audience than we usually cater our content to. We would be able to reach um, kind of like the middle age and under elderly population. So then their take on stress and stress management was different. And we also saw this difference with our teachers as well. I feel like they have more of a textbook understanding on how to deal with stress. And they might say um, maybe yoga or workout or talk to a trusted adult when our students responded with maybe TikTok or read a book or listen to music. So seeing those differences was also kind of important for us to understand and helped us understand that reducing the stigma should be addressed from different ways because not everyone deals with stress and has different stress management techniques. And so you've gotten some feedback, obviously, like you mentioned, from others in your school that are actually experiencing the same stressors that you are. And then also the older individuals that gave feedback. There's there's a discrepancy and almost like a conflict between what one generation thinks and what another thinks for stress management. Are you planning to implement any, I don't know whether they'd be policies or procedures or anything of that sort in school based on all of your findings? Uh, Tay, so, do you want to take this one? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think in terms of addressing the stigma and the discrepancy in between how both generations think, I think starting with our brochures was a good way. So on our brochures, we have ways you could reduce your stress and stress management techniques. So I think with that brochure, we made sure to include more of our like teen friendly techniques as well as our like more adult friendly techniques. And I think having that duality in stress management techniques makes our information kind of useful and easy to use. Uh, but yeah, in terms of like specific policy changing acts, we haven't really done that. Um, again, like Mehar said, we've been working with our administration and kind of our counselors in our school to reduce stigma and we're having our counselors give out the brochures. And have you gotten a positive feedback about that from other students? I would say yes, for the most part. Um, we've heard that a lot of students, not necessarily from the stress management techniques that we've given out, because at the end of the day, those are available on social media or just like Google in general, it's easy to find. But I think the main part of just creating that open space and being able to discuss stress management and stress in general has been a good effect for our students. I think a lot of people are grateful that we're doing this project because it allows them to share their experience with stress. And so what are some examples? I mean, you kind of alluded to a few, but what are some more examples of how somebody and especially the different generations can work with 
their stress, what they can do with it, how they can work with it. Yeah, so, like, some, yeah, I got it. Um, Some popular, like, stress management techniques that, like, again, we had that, like, interactive segment where we kind of um, prompted students to talk about what they like to do. So a lot of people said, like Teja said, like, watch TV or movies, um, uh, go on TikTok, read a book, listen to music. Um, And so that was, like, a lot of what students would say. And then adults would say, go for a walk, hike, listen to music, read a book. And um, in our brochure, we really tried to include both of those, like Teja said, and adding our own like writing, painting, cooking, um, I would say we're like the most common ones that we really try to implement into our resources. But I think those are all really great examples of stress management. Do you go further into stress management in terms of, I guess, burnout? Or, you know, when that stress becomes unmanageable and it may turn into maybe health issues or mental or physical, or it could turn into maybe just that downward spiral. I can take this one. Um, So I think in terms of like burnout, we've shared our personal stories a lot. like I said in the beginning, me and Mehar are part of like different clubs and she's part of sports as well. So then at the end of the day, there's only 24 hours and there's only so much we can do. But with a lot of commitments, um, we've tried to implement time management techniques and kind of combat the stress that comes with it. But something that we both experienced is kind of like tummy aches when we get stressed. I get really fatigued and I kind of like space out um, and distance myself. So I think we've kind of touched base on the symptoms of stress we experience in terms of burnout. And have you touched on how kind of that prolonged stress that's unmanageable leads into those physical and mental potential disorders or diagnosis? So I think it's like a vicious cycle. Like you'll try to deal with the stress and then if you don't deal with it in a healthy way, it just, comes back again and again even if it might seem like it went away for a second so I think implementing like those healthy coping strategies really helped us reduce our stress manage or helped us reduce stress in our lives do you ever oh go ahead sorry I just I just want to add on so in both of our presentations we talk about um the four kinds of stress so you stress which is like that positive stress that keeps you going and like is a motivator. And then we talk about chronic stress, episodic stress and acute stress. And we really try to define those different stresses. Um, So I think chronic distress is most um, clearly related to like burnout and just that like negative, um, like I might need to see a therapist or look into different resources. So in both of our Um, Our brochure and our presentation are really our main ways of communicating information. So in both of those resources, um, we include resources from like official sources and government organizations. And with that, um, they have their own ways to reach out to a therapist or talk to a trusted loved one. So I think those also connect to burnout. But I think that's a really great point that we should um, continue to add into our things. As Teja said, we do um, share our own stories, but um, adding those 
and adding burnout and other resources to like prolonged stress, um, I think that could be really useful for our program. I think totally. And you guys are already, you know, it sounds like you guys are already crushing it in terms of the presentations and all of the information that you're providing. But I think maybe just as a suggestion, as a complete outsider, and I don't know completely how you operate or all of the things that are in your presentation, but it might be helpful for those even as seniors or just those in high school in general to be quite honest life doesn't really get easier after high school it just becomes more responsibilities and more stuff and so I think it'd be really beneficial to include you know those different types of stress like you mentioned and also burnout and maybe some information on what that looks like in the future afterwards I know I haven't been in university for 10 years now is when I graduated and I absolutely would have loved to have that those resources that information that knowledge back when I was in high school especially kind of at that shift between you know transitioning from grade 8 to grade 9 it's at least up in Canada again it's totally different grade 8 does not prepare you for high school and so I would have loved to have you know the knowledge that you are sharing now the resources you're sharing back then but I think it would also have been helpful back then for me as well to understand you know you can do all of the things but maybe the stress isn't necessarily going away and kind of steps to support yourself or anybody else struggling with that moving forward because at some point and I don't know that point I'm not a doctor but at some point that does turn into you know potential physical ailments or mental health uh, diagnosis or disorders. So I think it'd be important to touch on those again, but that's only my feedback as a individual 10 years removed from the high school scene. So mm -hmm. just a, just a thought on my end. And also when I was in high school 10 years ago, the world was less chaotic, I think might be the word. So now you know, now in 2023, I think the world is, there's a lot of scary things happening worldwide. And I think that also probably contributes to a lot of stress for a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think that feedback is helpful? Yeah, I definitely agree with you with, in terms of like, um, burnout and adding that to our discussions, because as high schoolers, there's just so much going on, whether that's like academic or like you said, in the world in general. And I think addressing burnout and the factors that contribute to burnout can help people recognize stress and do other stress effectively. I'm really glad that feedback was helpful because I was like, do I just take the chance and say it? But I'm glad I did. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> and you mentioned that there was four types of stress. Can we go mm -hmm. back and touch on that? Because I honestly didn't know that either. Sure. So I can explain it. Can we kind um, of break each one down? Mm -hmm. So we have our you stress, which is the good type of stress. It's the uh, stress that we like to refer as your motivator. Um, and what I mean by that is maybe you have like a deadline at the end of the day. You're going to be slightly stressed to complete it on time effectively with the best effort and make it nearly as perfect. So with 
all those factors that you have to account for, completing that task might bring you a little bit of stress. But at the end of the day, it gets the job done and it's not going to have a harmful effect on your body when you're considering long term. The other side is distress. So this is your harmful type of stress. And we categorize it into three different areas, acute, episodic, and chronic. Acute would be your short-term stress. So maybe a week worth of stress for a deadline. And during that week, you might have digestion problems. You might be really tired, um, frequent headaches. So any of those symptoms would be kind of like frequent, common, and last for a week. After the stressor is gone, then the stress would be relieved as well. Episodic stress is kind of your recurrent stress. So stealing an example from one of our middle schools, um, she said sports was a stressor in her life. And every single time she had a game, she would have to play. She would get stressed before the game. Game would happen. Stress would go away. And then the following week, another game would come up. And then the same cycle would repeat. So that's kind of your episodic stress. And then your chronic stress would be your long-lasting stress, maybe a stress that last for like over a year and an unfortunate example would be maybe someone you love passed away that grief and that strong emotion that comes with it would be contributing to a chronic type of stress and so when you break down these four stressors do you talk about how to support yourself or loved ones while experiencing one of those four Yeah, so in our presentation, we included coping strategies and um, stress management techniques. Um, I can list a couple. So like we said before, music, um, walking, taking a walk, gardening, baking, anything that you enjoy, um, maybe like a fun hobby. And then mindfulness activities. There's a lot of like deep breathing techniques, a lot of apps that are focused on um, guided meditation. And then finally, to do all of these stress management techniques, we really, really focus on breaking down the stigma. Because at the end of the day, yes, there are so many techniques that you could do to reduce your stress. But breaking down the stigma that is around those stress management techniques is important. So we always ask that if they feel comfortable, share what they're going through with their classmates or whoever they feel like they want to share that with, because they might be going through the same thing. And then together we could combat our stress in a more effective way. That's incredible. Have you guys had any response or maybe feedback from your peers in, you've already touched on the, the positive ways that they try to cope and stress manage. Have you touched on or gotten feedback from peers on how they maybe support themselves or loved ones with stress management, but not necessarily in a healthy or positive way? Um, I think a lot of people, um, especially in high school, um, will say they combat their, their stress by, I think one person just said they don't, like they just keep pushing through. And obviously that's not healthy. And then, Um, a lot of people just say like sleep or like just doing my homework, like just like pushing through it. And I think those two examples of like not even thinking about it and just pushing through it. Um, I just used air quotes. So just like pushing through it in air quotes. Um, but those kind of two responses were like pretty common and obviously not the best ways to manage your stress. 
And I think um, I did talk to someone individually after one of our presentations. Um, one of my friends uh, was in a class that we presented to, and she said that her grandmother had just died and that she didn't know how to deal with it because her teachers weren't giving her like grace to, you know, maybe take some time off and like, like not keep up with the work. And she was so upset that she didn't cry for weeks over her grandmother because she just had to keep pushing. So just like things like that, that we're really trying to combat with reducing the stigma around stress management um, and really like, again, sharing those stress management techniques. She felt she couldn't reach out to her parents because obviously they were, you know, um, a little like experiencing the same loss. Um, so reducing that stigma so that she can, like she felt comfortable talking to me and, but obviously I'm not a therapist and I can't help her as much as I would like to. So just continuing to share these resources and um, connect people with trusted adults, who, especially in our school, who can help out. We were able to get her with our restorative practices facilitator who helped her with her own stress management techniques and helped her talk to her teachers. So really just continuing to share resources, I would say, um, was the way we combated that. But there were a lot of, um, I would say, their responses were not to respond to their stress. I think that was the biggest negative reaction we had. And when you got that reaction, that's kind of what I was expecting, I guess, from those in high school, because mm -hmm. even me looking back, you know, 10, 12 years ago, when I was in the height of high school, I was on sports teams and trying to juggle, you know, relationships and friendships, but also starting to work and homework. And, and then once like grade 11, grade 12 hits, it's, oh my God, I have to plan for my future because next year I have to decide what I'm going to do for the rest of my life or so they make you think and what colleges or what universities are you going to go to and that just adds on to the stress so I'm really happy to hear that you are supporting your peers and friends in getting connected to those that are actually able to provide that support I mm -hmm. again I think exactly what you two are doing is what high schools and schools in general need everywhere and a long time ago not just now <laughs> when you connect with the I think you said it was a restorative facilitator and mm -hmm. was it a guidance counselor as well at your school so I can take this one so Miss Henry is the name of our restorative practices facilitator um she is an amazing woman, but her whole role in our school is we um, to like, I don't know how else to describe her role other than when someone has a fight with, like we have a lot of physical fights at our school, you know, the whole punching thing. So whenever those people are in fights, they go to her. She is like the problem solver, the designated problem solver at our school. And um, I would say when I've had academic struggles, like maybe I, I have had to um, need testing adjustments. So like I need five extra minutes on a test or I need to leave the room to take a test. So I will go to her and I'll say, can you help me with this? And she's more than happy to help. So I wouldn't say she's a guidance counselor, but she really, her full title is restorative practices facilitator. And she really works with um, 
anyone who needs extra help outside of the classroom and with their emotions and how they're feeling. She really works with them personally to make sure that um, they're supported in and outside of the classroom. And I would think um, her role has been really vital in our program. She was one of the people we interviewed for our YouTube channel. Um, and she runs our diversity club at school. So she's been working to promote our material through that. And um, she's been a very vital aspect of our campaign. For the most part, has a lot of the adults involved been very supportive in this process? I can take this one. So I would say, yes, they were super supportive and we're so grateful for having them as part of our campaign. Um, I can talk about our English teacher. So she teaches AP English, Lang, and she's also our diversity and dialogues teacher as well. So with her, she was able to give us perspective on how different groups, whether that's ethnicities or identities, um, experience stress differently and how they face stigma differently. So stigma, I feel like is a big word. It covers different parts of stigma. Um, and we haven't really gotten to you know the nitty gritty details of it, but as far as we understand, there's different stigmas or different ways to define stigma based on the community they're part of. So understanding that difference with how, with the help of our teacher was really vital for our campaign. Um, with our counselor, uh, we did an interview with him as well, and he was able to give us more of an emotional perspective as he deals with students that come into his office with, you know, maybe they might be having a mental breakdown. So kind of dealing with that emotional aspect of stress, we were able to get a good insight for him. So it sounds like for the most part, overall adults have been very supportive. Mm-hmm. I One, I'm very thankful for that, but two, I'm very intrigued by that only because, again, in the past when I was in school, and this was 10 years ago, like I've mentioned, so things easily have changed, maybe for the better, for the worse. But I just found back when I was in school, adults really didn't, I don't think care is the right word, but they really didn't understand, maybe. Um, I, I remember specifically being diagnosed with mental health disorders in high school and having you know a sit down with the teacher and saying this is what I need to be accommodated for this is you know if I'm absent for a few days this is why or whatever the case is and they didn't just didn't seem to understand mm-hmm. so it seems like there might have been a shift in the adults potentially <laughs> um I can take this one um so just to like continue that um I think we really reached out to people who we knew we knew were like going to have that same connection and like they prioritize stress and stress management, especially in their students. Um, and I think that's, again, something we can be better about because there are still, I would say a lot of teachers at our school who, you know, had that same reaction when I said I needed to have different, different testing accommodations. I remember going to that teacher and he just completely shut me down, which is why I had to go to our restorative practices facilitator, right? So um, again, that's something we can be better about, but we, I mean, we reached out to our restorative practices facilitator who is the utmost like stress management human I've ever met in my life. She does yoga every morning and like she 
you know, keeps essential essential oils in her office at all times. Um, like Tay just said, our um, restorative, or I'm mixing up my words, um, our English teacher who really prioritizes diversity and she's also the soccer coach at our school. So she she's seeing students in all forms and all stresses. Um, and then our counselor, um, he's, we both felt like he's just a really nice person. We would love to talk to him more. Um, so I think that's something we can be better about talking to those individuals at our school who don't prioritize stress management as much, especially in their students. Um, Cause I just think, like you said, I totally see where you're coming from, just like your experiences, but we have really tried to stay with more of the positive side. And I think as we continue to work, that's something we should um, consider. I think, and not necessarily maybe a feedback or a suggestion piece, but have you ever considered possibly the other side of stress management where, again, in high school specifically, where you're educating and trying to break or reduce that stigma in high schoolers? Have you ever thought to look on the other side of it? in speaking with the adults that, you know, are teaching or coaching our principals, whoever it is that's in this school, that they could potentially be benefited from having these conversations as well. Maybe presentations towards the adults, the coaches, the teachers, because the way I look at it, which could totally be wrong. So feel free to throw your input in for this, but I look at it, at it as the coaches, the adults and the teachers are the ones that are putting those pressures and those stressors on the students. And those students are the ones that are expected to just kind of deal with it and do whatever it is that's being thrown their way. Whereas I think if the adults, the teachers and the coaches understood more of a stress management kind of style of coaching or teaching, it might possibly make a difference for the students if any of that made sense <laughs> no that did so I think referring back to what our English teacher said um, this is something that stuck with me after she said it teachers are humans too we're all humans and we all experience stress and it might just differ in the way we experience stress so I think it's important to recognize that they might be going through something as well with that said we have been trying to kind of expand our campaign not just for young adults, but also reaching out to the elder population, starting with our city council. And then um, we have our Instagram page, but we've also started posting on Nextdoor app, which is mostly middle age, um, the middle age population. But in terms of having specific conversations with them, I think that's a really good idea. And we should incorporate that into our project. Um, I think that can give us kind of an, and kind of give us a perspective on how they feel like the stresses and how they cope with it and then that can also give us insight on how they see young adults coping with stress and how we can kind of bridge that gap between us and help each other totally that's exactly what I was trying to get at not in the sense that you know like you mentioned the restorative facilitator and your English teacher obviously are very supportive very understanding and very knowledgeable in stigma and stress management, but maybe it might benefit for those that are maybe not so outspoken or verbal about how they're aware of it. 
but just to get the other teachers and coaches and staff on board so that it can be kind of a culture of, you know, we normalize this, we talk about this, and that's just the environment of the entire school at some point. Mm-hmm. And I, do you think that's realistic? I definitely think it is. We are, you know, starting to work to it, even though it might be slow. Uh, but we've seen a lot of improvement. And I like to say this a lot. There's been a lot of growth in mental health in general, just given from like four years ago when I started as a freshman in high school, we've seen a lot of growth, whether that's like incorporating a mental health month or like spirit week based on mental health. So I think just bringing awareness to the topic itself has made our school easier to communicate and express our concerns. Um, In terms of like how realistic this is, Again, like me and Mayhar, this is like our project and there's only so much we can do, but we hope that we can leave behind parts of our project for other people to continue and continue implementing, um, whether that's like creating a support group or expanding our mental health club, um, maybe keeping up their brochures. But yeah, I think it's kind of like a working process. Um, And as much as we would like to say, Hopefully we can, you know, get to that point where it's a comfortable space and bridge the gap between adults and staff and students. I don't think we have like a definite answer for that. You are right, though, in from what I am hearing and seeing, at least in Canada, that there has been some improvement. So you're definitely on the right track to to getting there for sure. When when both of you speak about this project and the campaign You also mentioned that you're both on clubs and obviously, you know, have a family and have a life outside of school. How do you both manage all of these stressors? Um, I can go first. So I recently, I play volleyball and I take it very seriously. Um, So I just finished my season about two weeks ago and I will say, Volleyball season in my household is known as stress season because it's going through eight hours of school, three hours of practice, then coming home and doing homework for my advanced classes. Like my parents will joke about how little they get to see me during this time. Um, And I would say I I balance it through my car rides recently. Um, I love music. So when I'm driving, I'll listen to my music. And it's honestly, it improves my time like being in season playing my sport improves my time management so much um, because there's really no time for anything else but if I am I do have times where I'm just like I have too much to do there's too much on my list and those are the days where I might have to tell my coach hey I can't come to practice and like I had to quit my job um, while I was in season because I just there's too much happening and I couldn't balance it all Um, And I would say my stress management techniques, volleyball honestly became my release. Like I got my endorphins in um, and I really, in my, for my top two stress management techniques, I listen to music and I just move around. Those are the only things that work for me. And those have been really helpful with all of my clubs, sports, jobs, and school. So what about you, Teja? Um, for me personally, so like my horse said, clubs and she's part of sports. And then I think 
another common stressor we both experienced is um, October was college month and as seniors we were applying to college. So we kind of experienced the same stresses or part of the same clubs as well. And to combat the stress that comes with that, I would say for me personally, it's different for Meher because I know she said she likes to move around. For me, I like to just sit in bed, relax, maybe watch a show. Um, I like to listen to music from my bed. I do like driving around as well. Um, and then I think for me, what's most important was just talking to my parents about it. They're very supportive. Um, I love just like sitting down when I come back from home or from school and then just talk about what's going on in life. Or if I don't want to talk about, you know, what's stressing me out, just like spend time with them. And I think that's been a great way for me to relax. So it sounds like you both, while they may be different, you both have put in some boundaries around what you can and cannot do and what's realistic. Mm-hmm. I think that's another very strong, you know, high school, senior, freshman, young adult, older adult. I think boundaries are crucial to stress management. So I was really happy to hear that you both in ways that work for both of you implemented the boundaries. Do you have any words of advice or words of support or encouragement for let's say the population that you are a part of those in high school struggling with stress management and just kind of getting by so I think in terms of breaking down the stigma I feel like a lot of people are comfortable sharing how they feel they're just worried about the stigmatizing label that they would be assigned when they speak about their stress. Um, So I think to combat that, at the end of the day, if someone says something mean, that's on them. If you want to share what you're going through and you feel comfortable sharing it, do it, because that's going to help a lot of other people recognize their stress and combat their stress as well. So I'd say live a carefree life. Yeah, like Tay just said, um, if I could go back four years and say something to myself, I would say talk more, don't bottle up anything, and just make sure to, because I think my parents, um, if I had told them more about my stress, it would have been a lot more accepting than what I had accept than what I had thought. Um, so I would say, like Tay just said, reducing that stigma. Um, initiating open conversations with those around you and like continually offering support. Um, One thing that, again, going back to our administration, our English teacher um, and our restorative practices facilitator both talked about how they will um, go to students who are maybe not acting the way they normally do and really offering that support. And when students feel comfortable enough to open up to them to share their own experiences. And so I would give anyone the advice of share your experiences. And when you're feeling stressed, try new things, try new stress management techniques and continue doing what helps you feel relaxed and helps you feel like you have a grip on life because once it starts to slip away, it's really scary. So just continuing to manage that stress um, in whatever way works for you. And all of those pieces of advice is incredible, but I question, do you both follow those pieces of advice that you just gave now? 
so I can take this one. Um, I would say in the beginning of our project, when we first started, it was kind of eye-opening because we were doing a lot of research to build our presentation. We obviously didn't know what symptoms there are, um, what types of stress there are. So I think with part of the research, we've recognized what we were doing wrong and we've made some adjustments. But in the beginning, I would say, of course not. Like we were new to this area mm -hmm. as well. We were, you know, there was stigma for us that we wanted to combat as well. And that's something we talk about as a lot as well. We chose this topic not only to break the stigma that other people face, but also to help ourselves. So I would say we've made improvements and we're going to continue making improvements. Incredible. And yeah, like, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, I was just going to say, like Tay just said, um, I think when we started this presentation, I was I came to Teja one morning and I said, Teja, I just realized like I have these like I thought I had chronic stomach aches, and I went to Teja one morning. I was like, Teja, 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 I think my stomach aches are because of stress, and it was like really eye opening to see that like I wasn't really doing well with my stress management at that point because I had just started my volleyball season and you know school was just starting to pick up, and it was really like eye opening to talk about that with her because she like re like we said earlier we both realized like we have these physical symptoms of stress that we just kind of like brushed off that like we really um, saw to prioritize and like um, we found the root of it and we were able to take care of ourselves and like we recognized like okay my stomach hurts oh I have a headache oh I'm not feeling great I need to take a step back and try more stress management and I think that was really important um, as part of our growth in this journey and a part of this program. Incredible. Is there anywhere that listeners and myself can continue to follow you? You mentioned a YouTube channel and an Instagram channel. What are your emails for those or your, what do they call those? Your handles. <laughs> handles. Uh, so our YouTube one is Stress Management HOSA. So HOSA is capital H-O-S-A. And then our Instagram is Stress Management NFHS HOSA. And what does HOSA mean or stand for? HOSA is Future Health Professionals. Oh, that's incredible. Well, I wanted to thank you both so much for a few things, for having this project and taking this on. It's a, it's a huge feat, but it's so needed, as you both know. And I also wanted to thank you for being a guest and being open to how you're continuing to make a difference day in and day out, whether you realize that or not, and I hope you do. But thank you for having the conversation with me about stress management and the work that you're doing. And I look forward to following both of you on social and social YouTube and Instagram to see what you both continue to succeed doing with your journey. Thank you. Thank you so much. And... To both of you and to the listeners, I'm sending you lots of love and lots of light.